Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing season two, episode two of Iron Fist, The City's Not for Burning. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Let's do a full spoiler alert uh, for episode two, season two of Iron Fist. What do you think, Jeff Randall? I'm thinking it's pretty good. We're we're off to a good start. All the pieces are in place. The board is set, and the the villain is gathering the parts for their super weapon. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that bowl that he wanted that Davos wanted looked a lot like the bowl that was used uh, to mix up whatever stuff brought back Electra. Interesting. I did not catch that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's obvious that you know Davos, being Steel Serpent in the uh, in the comics, is going to try to find some way to either steal Danny Ren's Iron Fist power or mimic it in some way. Right. And uh, you know, I'm I really want to see that. And the fight that they had in in the flashbacks, where they're both in Iron Fist masks, uh, you know, tied together at the wrist, like that was so cool. So, is the Master related to Davos? Is that right? Yeah, um, Lee Kung the Thunderer is Davos's dad, apparently. Okay, so yeah, I didn't really recall that, or that we. I don't even know if we knew that from the first season, but it. <laughs> Not being negative, uh, but I didn't understand what was going on exactly there. Like why? I mean, I, I think I thought I remembered either from our comics discussions or from last season that that was his father, um, and I guess that's why he wouldn't allow him to continue to take the beating because he let Danny get beat up for a while, not yielding, <laughs> yep. and then Davos. Davos, Danny got the upper hand for a second. Like, he just, after it seemed like a while of being, you know, almost beaten and just refusing to yield, he flipped the, ta- he flipped the tables on Davos for just a second, and, they, and, the, and his father was like, uh, stop the fight. Uh, yeah. I, I guess he was trying to protect his son. Yeah, um, yeah. Which maybe he saw, and, and that's the thing, like, I think I see in Danny that Danny probably wouldn't have refused to kill Davos. I don't know, at least that, like, that, I didn't get that sense from Danny. Like, I think Davos wasn't killing Danny uh, deliberately. Like, he wasn't, he was kind of going easy on him once he had him in a down position, you know? Yeah. If he just continued to beat beat him, then he would have, you know, either killed him or had Danny yield, but he just kind of kept saying yield instead of, like, using his upper hand to beat Danny. And that's, so it's almost like Davos lost his destiny because he refused to kill his brother basically and then and then his father being overprotective stopped the fight like that that's uh that's pretty that's pretty bummer for davos yeah yep poor davos here we are again do you think that davos would have gone through with that sex i don't Um, no i think he would have killed her he yep. was ready to kill her. I don't know why he lists, he's listening to Joy so so fervently. Like, is your code of honor more important than your purpose? Like, that's not the question here. It's like, do I use your tactic versus my own tactic? Which, by his own moral code, 
I guess. I didn't know that they weren't supposed to have sex. Uh, or, or I guess sex for that purpose or whatever. Um, yeah, well, he just said that this tactic is distasteful. Well, she said, but then she said, is your code of honor worth more than your worth more than your purpose? So uh, he's. I think I think his code of honor is to not use distasteful tactics. Sure. Uh, well, then if that's your code of honor, that's his. That's his morality. That's that's like, and I feel like Davos is like. The whole reason he's doing this is he's a bit of a zealot, you know? He believes yeah. the Iron Fist belongs with him, and he believes he's a better keeper of it because he's, like, morally pure, and he wouldn't do the things that Danny's done. He wouldn't be tempted by this world and all this stuff. And then to uh, allow that, and not because of temptation, but because Joy says so. Like, he's not tempted by the sex or the this world like that would have been more interesting he's just told by joy to do it and he listens to her i didn't get that well in the moment i felt like i just watched a man get raped uh i did not feel like that he he's definitely a participant i don't I, he didn't want it hey you know he, he was didn't coaxed want into it. it he didn't want it. he was coaxed into it i agree but then once he got to it, he seemed like he was pretty into it. He was into it in a kind of gross, violent way. <laughs> um, uh, choking her, and he seemed really into it once she climbed on him, and he's like scratching her back, and he just seems to be like being consumed in the moment to me. But then again, that's kind of what this show does. It throws up things with multiple interpretations and then expects us to make them, and I don't know who I I don't know for sure his motivations completely. You know, maybe he was tempted by the flesh. Maybe that's why he made the decision, but that's not what it seemed like. It just seemed like he got into it after the fact, and I don't know. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Um, it's not it's not for us to make the moral uh moral decisions for the character and uh certainly not for us to decide what um interpretations of the law are at play here I, I feel like it was his him saying that though like uh, I don't know I just feel like he listened to joy over his own moral code uh, instead maybe he's I just didn't feel it didn't feel like he was being tempted into it it just felt like he was just listening to joy and maybe there's more reason for that than we realize uh, they did get into what we talked about last episode uh, about how they were just there to protect those 15-year-olds. Uh, Colleen did actually say that out loud, which I liked this episode. Yeah. But yeah, I could have used well, that in the first episode. I could have used some got, sort of... She got questioned about it. It's like, what, What you're looking out for us now? And she's like, yes, yeah. stupid. That is what I'm doing. That was all my favorite stuff, was the Colleen Wing helping out kids that need help. Like, that's what the show should be. It should just be the Colleen Wing show as far as I'm concerned. Like, <laughs> it, it kind of feels like a pilot for uh, Daughters of the Dragon. I would love that. Um, it's like a, like a sub-pilot almost. <laughs> yeah, it's always felt that way. Um, in last season when she was doing all those cage fights, I was like, man, she's such an interesting and good character. <laughs> and she's trying to help kids through the most logical means that she can. And even this season, she's like, this is my new purpose. It's like trying to stop these things before they start, trying to help um, help out in these situations, even though 
I can fight. It's not my first resort. I love all that stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, and I like that they did that in this episode, too, with the whole, um, you know, like, we'll try to talk them out of having their open war in the city streets, but, you know, if it comes down to it, we'll stop them by force. Right. I also don't love the idea that Danny's just like, I don't know, and I, I get it, and I think it's good, but he's like, let's let two criminal organizations share the docks. <laughs> like... Is yeah. that really saving the city? Uh, like, why aren't you trying to stop the crime? And I mean, I guess it's because it'll cause less violence. And he thinks that the two le- two less violent gangs running the city, but that probably means a lot more drugs on the street. Uh, you know, it probably means a lot more, you know, theft. And uh, it, it's not the best solution. <laughs> um, helping the criminals come to more efficient crime doesn't seem like the best solution. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what is the best solution for, you know, all of the crime and all of the uh, all the violence on the streets. I, I mean, totally the main, agree. The main thing is that he's just trying to stop it now. Like, get, you know, reduce it as much as possible now. Right. Like, any change that you make that doesn't affect the bottleneck is a useless change. So he's just trying to, you know, ease the, the transition. Ki- right. The kind of deal he just made with the two organizations is the kind of deal I needed Luke Cage to make at the end of season two. Yes. Before I would, before I would believe that he's, like, participating in crime. Like, but in, in Luke Cage, he did nothing to participate in crime, and they just started kind of treating him like a crime boss. And then in, or the show started treating him like a crime boss. And then in Iron Fist, he does a thing that is like helping the criminals come to peace, which is good, but also like come to peace to do more crime, which is bad, and they don't like treat it as a morally ambiguous decision at all. You know, it's just like it, it, they they treat it like he just did a great thing. You know, well, I th- I feel like they just kind of have accepted like, yep, gangs are going to be here, and uh, we just kind of have to live with that. So let's make the best of it, and you know, if we can get them to not fight, then that's the best we got. Right, and that, that that's just not. To me, that's kind of not what heroes do. Like, and that's why, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe it is, and maybe like you become a Luke Cage type character at the end of the season, where you're like, you're a morally ambiguous thing now. But that, that's just <laughs> not how the show treated it. The show didn't treat it like a, uh, like a like a devil's bargain to make more peace. It treated it like you solve the problem. Docks are cleaned up now. There'll be no violence. There'll just well, be lots of drugs and crime. I think. I think they they allowed that in the show just to show, like, yay, Danny, you think that you did good, but really you just created more problems for yourself because now Davos is pissed and is going to just start murdering people with his little neck tap. Right. Uh, And that's that's, that's like an unrelated, uh, unintended consequence of the problem. It's not like the show is saying, uh, you (laughs) don't stop crime because you're going to make it worse. Yeah, that's not what the show is saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So, uh, yeah. I think this episode was was pretty good. Um, I like where a lot of the stuff is going. I'm cool with... I think... 
I don't really love the way it happened, but that 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 scene with Davos embracing the flesh, I felt is what I felt like was happening. Um, I think that was more of a solid like birth of a villain moment. I don't think it was very logical, but I think at, le- at least like I felt like he was. I don't know. He was letting himself use a tactic, but it kind of is showing to, showing him the, the world of the flesh and the temptation. Like, all those are interesting themes to pursue, but in the end, I didn't think it was very logical. But I, but I, but it, it, as a scene, I, I enjoyed it. Um, one thing I found that I really disliked and, and I hadn't noticed in the previous episode as much... But uh, I, they're trying to make the show funnier and piffier, like, uh, and I don't think they they're good at that yet. <laughs> they're, well, they're trying to lighten it just a bit because right. it was so damn serious last season. And I'm normally in support of that, and I still am in support of the impulse to do that. But some of the writing of like the banter and jokes is really strange. Uh, like, like at one point. I don't know. That one, one of the worst conversations was when she's having that conversation in the charity organization with her boss or whatever, like the guy who also works in the charity, and she's finding out about the gambling thing, and they're unrolling the whatever. That scene is like some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard. <laughs> There's a moment where, what does she say? Uh, she says something like, it'll come out in the shuffle, and then they, in unison, say, and it's all shuffle. Like, that's not a phrase. And I get that you're trying to say, like, maybe that's a phrase among those two, or that you're showing that they have a relationship and, like, they're friends, and maybe that's a phrase they use about the, about the organization. But, like, it'll all come out in the shuffle is not a common enough phrase to, like, build this this weird unison talk over like they just did a bunch of things to try to make it snappier and piffier and I'm like you're not you, you're not writing logical like dialogue like some of the dialogue is so bad I don't know it's like <laughs> the, the jokes the jokes aren't landing I don't know I just don't think the jokes are landing um, but I'm, I, I am interested in the story I'm interested in Davos I I, I felt like there were um other more interesting ways that fight could have gone like as I was watching that fight uh, of them in the the temple or whatever like I was like oh maybe this is going to happen and that's like at one point I thought I thought they were going to do this and this would have been like maybe worse for the show (laughs) but I thought they were going to do it because it seemed to make sense you know Davos finds Danny on the rocks after facing Shao Lao or whatever in season one, and it seemed like he was very surprised to find Danny there, and he was very surprised to find the tattoo on his chest and everything. That's how I remember anyway. It was like, and I never, <laughs> and so when they're having this fight, I was thinking, why was he so surprised, and why was he so like taken oh, like, aback? What if? What, what if, if Danny was one? Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen because he keeps talking about his birthright. He took his, he, t- he took the weapon, and it, Davos is supposed to get the weapon and all this stuff. Um, Without my father's help, you would never have gotten it. Yeah, 
It, I don't remember so that like, line. Is that is that in season one or does that that from, was from episode one of season two? Okay, I feel like maybe they changed a little bit the. The uh, retconning it a little the bit. The retconning it a little bit because Davos finds him, he's all surprised and like maybe he's just surprised that he won. But it seems like the guy Davos and the guys with him are like surprised to find Danny even there. And it seems like if he wins the battle, of course he's going to go down there and face Shalla. You know, <laughs> um, so that that was that was kind of weird. Um, but I, anyway, in that battle sequence, I thought they were going to let Davos win, and then like Danny was going to go against the rules and like go do the fight the dragon anyway well see that's the thing davos did that in the comics like whenever because like davos is older than danny in the comics uh steel serpent came about uh during the time when danny's dad was in kunlun and dan if i recall correctly danny's dad beat him beat davos but then davos is like nah to hell with the rules i'm gonna go fight the dragon and so he shows up at the door and then just gets terrified and runs away Mm. so you know it that's there's not there's no ground or sorry that's not on like unjustified ground that theory that you had okay you know so it's happened before is what i'm trying to say gotcha anyway uh so any other thoughts on this episode before we dive into episode three i'm just uh i'm looking forward to it it's it feels a lot better than the uh than the first season and the fight scenes already are so much better i do think the fight scenes have been better uh that is true I kind of hated the very first one in the first episode. We didn't talk about it, but it just didn't feel very... Like, the fight scene in this episode, which was cut throughout, was a really fun, martial artsy, badass fight scene. Uh, yeah. The one where he take down the trucks or whatever, I was like, it did not feel good. It didn't feel like a good fight scene. Um, there were just multiple things where I was like, why? I don't know. You're trying to... It was just trying to be too cool, and I don't... I just don't think it's pulling off what some of the things it's going for. Um, also, Ward, this episode, another one of the dialogue scenes that really bothered me. Ward talking to his secretary. I know yeah. Ward is a little crazy and all over the place as it is, but he was all over the place emotionally in that scene. Like, And that was kind of the point, but I think they did it to the point that it was like, makes him seem really strange as a character. Like, I don't know who Ward is now. Like, Ward is... <laughs> Well, he's a broken man. He was a broken man at the end of the last season. Well, no. That's the thing. He's the broken man at the beginning of last season, and he's gone through all this change. And it would be interesting to say, like, he's kind of of good, and he's working with Danny now, and he's he's not so weird and dark now that he's got his father out of his life. And that's kind of what they're going with. But... I don't know. He's just acting angry, then friendly, then being real mean to his secretary, and then not. And that whole that whole scene was weird. I think Ward has been weird this season so far. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll, <laughs> maybe it'll all make sense um, where they're going with all these characters. Yeah, it'll um, all come out in the shuffle. And it's all the shuffle. Um, <laughs> this place uh, is all shuffle. Oh uh, yeah, that was real weird. Real <laughs> weird. 
I think uh, the Mary scenes are a bit off-putting. Like they make me uncomfortable. Oh yeah, they, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I, it, I think it's interest. She's interesting so far because I don't know anything about her, and I, but this, and I feel like maybe she's going to be an interesting character. Um, but I, so far, this show has not given me the uh, faith. I don't have faith in them to make her an interesting character, and I want I want her to be. I want it to be interesting and good, and I want her to have. So, but I'm also a little confused. Um, so she met she met Danny. Yeah. Which one's leaving the notes for which one? That's a good question. The one she met, the one who met Danny. I thought was the one who came in and found the notes in the first one and then folded them up real strange. I that, thought that was the case. That's a good question. <sighs> I feel like we're kind of supposed to know that though. Like the way they, but then I kind of feel like we're not supposed to know that because she's got dissociative personality disorder. Right. But we're, I feel like the folding of the note was a specific action that seemed like it would be a tick of one of the two personalities. But if I'm remembering it correctly, I think one of the personalities did it in one episode and one in a different episode. And it seemed like, because if you're going to have split personalities, that folding of the letter seemed like a almost aggressive act toward the other one. Like, I don't care what you think. Yeah. I'm and just going to fold up your words in a nice little square. And it seems like so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if we're gonna have one doing that little foldy fold, like I feel like the other one that shouldn't denote which one that is. And if I'm not mistaken, but then when she like cha- changes, she turns starts maniacally laughing in that other in the tub, like. I don't know which one is which, and if you're going to introduce two characters in the same body, I kind of need to know when one is which, because you're trying to build both characters separately, because you have to build two separate characters within that same body, and i gotta got to know who's who. And we know one is real friendly and an artist and all this stuff, and I'm assuming the other is in some way the opposite of that. That's a little bit of an assumption, because you got this... Um, the like Jekyll Hyde trope, but the one that's like folding one is being controlling of the other by telling them what to do. Um, I just, I, I don't know which is doing which things at this point. You want me to completely throw a wrench in it? Yeah. Okay. In the comics, she has three personalities. Okay. Well, that's even worse. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. That's fine. That's great have three personalities, but I kind of got to know what character... If you're going to build a character, especially three characters in one body, you got to tell me which character is which and, like, give me something to know if through, through acting or through... And maybe that's it. Maybe, like, the maniacally laughing in the tub was a different one than the aggressive folder, than the uh, one that's leaving these notes. Maybe there's one we haven't even seen yet. Like, I just don't know. Yep. All right. <laughs> I give I give up on this episode. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I actually like this episode better. Uh, I really like all the Colleen Wing stuff. She's doing things to help people, which is nice. Danny's doing morally questionable things that he doesn't understand are morally questionable. 
Davos is doing things that don't make any sense. Ward is acting like a madman. And Joy is the mustache-twirling villain of all mustache-twirling villains. She's trying to convince people to, like, go against their own moral codes and religions and, like, do what she thinks they should do for her own gains, which her own gains are trying to hurt her brother and best friend who she cared about recent like fairly recently i this show's all over the place right now not very happy with it <laughs> <laughs> having fun casting about it though how about you oh yeah yeah me too um thanks guys for listening to this podcast uh we will get into episode three tomorrow uh we are the marvel cinematic universe podcast Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us and leave a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. If you would like to support the podcast and get these episodes a little quicker and without ads, you can uh, check check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash mcucast. Um, Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We love you. Until next time, true believers.